Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. All right, good afternoon and welcome back to another episode of GDT Tuesday, first Tuesday in 2022. John, welcome back. Happy New Year, my friend. How are you doing? Happy New Year to you, Cody, and I look forward to seeing you at some point in time during the year 2022. I'm excited to come and see you in the office, John. 2021 was not my year to see Cody, but I feel something in the air for 2022. Well, you know what they say, New Year, new me. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of New Year, new me, it looks like we got a new GDT, same result. (laughs) Not a whole lot of movement on this bad boy today. You know what? Uh, There really wasn't. And I don't want to call it a mixed bag. It was generally a flat market. Last time we were down just slightly. This time on the overall index, we were up ever so slightly. We were 0.3 higher on our first GDT out of the box here for 2022. And if someone were to be looking in at the GDT and look at those results, they'd be forgiven for thinking that that was going to lead to a fairly quiet market here in the U.S. side of things. But in fact, that really wasn't the case. Today, we had just some really big movements here on the domestic, physical, and future side here in the dairy complex, and just really uh, saw some price appreciation. And we saw butter today move to the highest price it's been since 2017, and the nonfat market was relatively unchanged. But here we have uh, cheese back, or blocks at least, back over $2 here in the U.S., and several of our futures markets here uh, on the Class 3 side, of the on the front end of the curve, are limit up. So really... It ended up being a boring auction and a relatively exciting day here in the U.S. Well, I think, you know, Andy and I will probably talk about it on Tech Talk. You have that cheese price. You mentioned the block. Uh, you got the block and barrel about to a buck ninety right now. Uh, broke through 180 and, and it's kind of off to the races, as you mentioned, bringing some of these future prices limit up, uh, heading out to the middle of 2022 finally. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, finally starting to happen here. And if you were to really stand back from things and say, what happened here? Like, what, why is the U.S. responding? And, and really, again, we, we saw a pretty good reaction here after the GDT today. So if you were to look at it and say, well, what happened? What, what made this boring GDT translate into higher prices? I would just say several of the things that we've talked about now on this podcast for several months really starting to come to fruition here in the U.S. The first one is that the GDT spot prices are significantly higher in many cases to the U.S. market. Um, Not so much anymore, but they have been for butter and nonfat and cheddar. There's still a significant discount. So if we were to look at the GDT butter price, it really moved here and moved higher than the U.S. over the course of the last few months. The New Zealand price moved to about two fifty nine in butter, and the European price moved above three dollars there a while ago. It stepped back just a little bit here, but we've seen the the, the butter price. Uh, and other regions of the world go significantly higher than ours. And that just left a lot of room for exports. And so even though this butter price today wasn't that much higher, and even though the EU price has kind of trended lower, it really solidifies, uh, an auction like this really solidifies 
pricing way higher than ours and really solidifies the potential to export. If we go to the non-fat side of things, you know, the rest of the, or New Zealand's at, uh, after today's auction, $1.71, the EU, $1.69, the U.S., you know, right here at $1.65, that doesn't do a whole lot for me in terms of further export potential, but it certainly, um, you know, we can look at it and say the action today on the GDT, we had skim come in at 1% higher and, and settle out at 171. That's continues to be very supportive for the, why we're at the price we're at. Nonfat's one of those uh, commodities where we export a significant chunk of our annual production. So we're very sensitive to the international price. And that leaves us with cheese. And if we look, you know, I'd say that was probably the one that's got the biggest reaction to it today, specifically in the class three price. If we look at New Zealand's price, it's going to settle out this auction, the cheddar side at 249. If we go over to Europe, we're at 238. And Cody, uh, where'd we settle blocks today? At 201 half today. 201.50 today. So yep. if we were to look at it and say, well, gosh, uh, you know, the, the CME price moved a lot higher today. I continue to look at it and say, well, I, I don't know that it's over with yet. Because look at what's happening in cheese in the rest of the world. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to quickly point out to me, not a whole lot of cheddar is traded off of the GDT. And I think that's a fair point. It's one that we always try to say cognizant of. But I have to say, well, that doesn't, it's not the only price point I'm going to look at, but the EU. You know, our, our price point on that one is just a little bit delayed because of the holidays, but our last price point was 238. So the EU and New Zealand were significantly higher than us coming into this auction. New Zealand just moved higher. We've had a response to it, but I'll make the case to you that there's still some room for some further upside. One thing I do want to point out on the export side of things is that people tend to look at it and say, well, now that the U.S. butter market is at two, uh, where do we settle today, Cody? 265 during spot, up 16 from yesterday's trade. So we settle at 265 today in butter. And you can say, well, New Zealand's at 259. How can that be? How are we going to continue to export? And it, it'll all depend on how... The deals were cut if exports were done. And I would say that, you know, people do tend to cut those off of a flat price, not on the spot market, but far out in time. And so if a deal was indeed cut, I, I would, you know, the spot price can still continue to go up and it can go up over the world price. But the, the end user probably use futures in some way or are locked in a flat price in some way to, to get that done. So they won't be paying 260 if we go over to cheese, um, or excuse me, on nonfat, I'll say the same thing that, you know, nonfat is back up to a point now where we're, you know, right in the box with the rest of the world. And you can say, well, that'll cut off exports and possibly it will. But if there were longer term deals that were done and they were done on a flat price basis, then the increase in the international price uh, or excuse me, the increase in our domestic spot price will probably be less detrimental to exports than what people think. And that leaves us with cheese. We, we mentioned here, you know, several months ago, it looked, you know, the, the futures activity certainly was starting to signal down at that $1.75 area um, that there was some 
you know, Jan to June, there was some big trades that took place here in the futures market. It just kind of, you know, from afar, it, it, you know, we had heard a lot about a, a lot of export activity going on. It felt like there was some flat pricing going on. And then all of a sudden, you're, you know, we're, we're up here at $2. There's a temptation to say we're at $2. We can't go any further. You know, that's going to cut off international demand. I'm going to look at it and say, I, I just don't necessarily see that as being the case. A, we're still lower than the rest of the world on a spot price, but B, uh, I think there a lot of these export deals were done with flat prices in mind, and these higher spot prices may or may not actually kill off that export demand. So I look at it to say this GDT in general, while rather boring on the face of things, just painted a very supportive picture to the fact that uh, specifically in cheese, we were significantly lower than the rest of the world and that the uh, higher prices that we've seen in butter and nonfat are pretty, pretty well supported and justified by the international price. So John, is it fair to say the past couple of GDT podcasts that we've done, let's say the past Three, for an example, we've kind of talked about a lot of these things uh, bubbling up. Would it be fair to say it's kind of like a, our market is a ball underwater? You know, the ball being held under there, things are moving, GDT is going higher, uh, you know, price by price every other Tuesday. And now finally, we are trying to catch back up and poof, here we go, limit up. I think there's a, a bit of that. I think the market's kind of having its comeuppance and, and making the realization that exports are going to happen. They, they already have been happening. But most importantly, that the, the international market isn't moving lower. In fact, it's moving higher on a lot of products. Um, there's been a, a lot of banter out there that China's done buying. When I look at the detailed results and, and the participation on this auction, uh, it's been one of the highest Chinese participations that we've seen in six months. Uh, I, I don't I, I guess I always saw a little bit of the argument why China could be done. Um, and certainly we've seen their participation slow down, but it seemed like that was more of a, a shifting of their purchasing channels rather than a decrease in their net uh, desire to buy or their net demand for dairy products. So I, I tend to look at it to say, this auction was a bit of saying, hey, China's still in here too. And then finally, there's been a lot of issues at the domestic level going on. Uh, our milk production really hasn't done, uh, hasn't been stellar, you know, for it. We got a, in October, we found, we saw that milk production was down about 0.4%. And then we got a revision when the November one came out and it said it was actually up 0.1. Um, and then I think the, the November production is down 0.5. You know, there's a lot of debate surrounding the idea of, hey, you know, is that may maybe maybe these numbers aren't exactly right, um, specifically for November. Um, you know, we we'll see if there's a revision that comes out. But I make the argument to people that, yes, 0.1% higher is more milk than 0.5% lower. But, you know, th these aren't big numbers. And at the very least, we're not growing and we probably need that growth, specifically as we look at the European milk production numbers. Those numbers are just suffering. We've said it for a while. It, it seems very environmental regulation driven, and I don't know that those regulations are going away. So I guess I, I look at this to be a bit of a reaction to say, you know, we're, we're coming into the new year. We're, we're here. The GDT was steady. 
international prices in Europe are, are steady, milk production is not growing, and we're here in the domestic market not growing on milk production. Um, I think there was a lot of that kind of realization. And then, you know, bringing it back to the European side of things, um, there's a temptation to say, well, these high prices are going to cure, you know, our milk problems. And that's likely going to be the case. Class four, if I have it right here, Cody, came in, you know, after today's spot is 23.25. Yes, sir. I have a feeling that's going to produce some milk. And if I go over to Europe right now, their class four number is 24.75. And then if we follow through to New Zealand, that's at 23.50. Just some incredibly large milk prices and uh, all on an equivalent basis. And I'll make the argument that here in the U.S., I very, very much expect these high prices to result in more milk. Even on the class three basis right now, we're at 2050. However, I think that we can probably see that milk start to, you know, arrest its break and start maybe to, to move higher. But the bigger picture in my mind is still in Europe. And in Europe right now, I don't see that milk production number being able to respond to the higher milk prices in the same way that the U.S. is. And that just comes down to regulation. I do expect that we're going to see milk production start to increase in Europe. I just don't know that it's going to be in a way that's going to make a whole lot of difference here in the short to medium term, simply because I don't know that the slowdown in milk is completely an economic factor as much as it is a government factor. And those are things that are hard to change in the short to medium term. Absolutely. No, I, uh, like it's going to be interesting, interesting to see what the milk production in this country does. Uh, you know, do these higher prices bring along more milk or do they let the older generation, uh, you know, kind of, uh, we'll say, cash out of their existing position on the dairy farm, you know, sell the cows, lease out the land um, and go about it that way. I think the next couple of months are going to be instrumental in determining what happens there. Well, that'll take a determining or predicting that's going to take an economic mind uh, far deeper than mine. But what I can say is mine is also <laughs> just here in the short to medium term, I would say that today's reaction here in the U S again is kind of one of those long, you know, I can say it's been a long time coming. International milk supply started moving lower several months ago international prices moved higher in a corresponding way. Our prices, you know, started dragging higher, but they were kicking and screaming the whole way. And here we come into the new year. And I think there is uh, kind of a realization that, hey, you know, we're in a new paradigm here. And uh, I, I guess I'll say, again, I don't know that the U.S. skim and butter price is going to go significantly higher without the international market going first. It certainly can. We can be in our own market. We've seen it happen in butter many, many times before. But the, the impetus for higher prices because of exports, um, I don't know that we're going to be gaining new exports as much as we'll be servicing the ones that we already have on. On non-fat, I can say we're right here in the box. But if I were to look at the market, and try to identify uh, one product category that has the most amount of upside potential. I would say at this point in time, it's the cheese market here in the U.S. And if we were to dial in just a little uh, more specific than that, I can make the argument, I think, that CME barrels represent the cheapest value of dairy 
fat and protein in the whole world, the cheapest combination. And I suspect sooner than later, and we've already seen it start to happen, but sooner than later, we'll see value buyers start to say, I just, you know, I got to buy those. And I think we'll see a, an appreciation in at least the barrels, but I still think the blocks have some more room to go as well. Excellent. Well, John, uh, pertaining to this particular GDT, do you have any final thoughts uh, to, to leave the listeners or are we pretty much covered everything? Like you said in the beginning, it wasn't much of a, a newsflash day on the GDT, but is there anything that's kind of on the back of your mind to look for on this one or, or maybe in the, the, the next upcoming GDT? Just keep an eye out for it. I don't know uh, how much comments I'll have about the GDT here. Um, I, I guess I'll look at it to say that the U.S. butter and skim markets are supported and cheese has upside. Um, again, I'll go back to the comment and the, the thoughts that I had on our last discussion, Cody, and that relates to just from the hedging side of things. There's a huge temptation right now, I think, to say, well, Butter is, you know, where it's at, has already made its move and skim has made its move. What's the point of hedging, right? And we, we probably, you know, probably can't go higher and from an, in, from a long side buyer. And I'll say, well, I mean, I, I get the temptation to say that, but I really think this is a time when the market can still surprise us, even though I, I tend to look at those two markets as saying they've, you know, you know, done a pretty good number here. On the cheese side, for sure, I can say I think there is upside and I think people need to be hedged. But even in butter powder, crazy things can happen in these kind of markets and it can really surprise us. And at the same, so get your hedge if you're um, on the long side and use options, to, you know, get calls or something like that where you can get your uh, risk locked off and still participate to the downside if prices move lower. Over on the dairy producer side, um, you know, I, I, I could be wrong, but I don't think we've ever seen a the futures curve look the way it does um, as it does right now in the first week of January. Right. Where you've right. just got the ability to, you know, from a producer standpoint, get some very significant coverage at some very high prices. I, again, I encourage everyone to, to work with people like Cody and the other brokers here at Everag and really dig into how can you use that DRP right now to get on your protection into these high prices and then look at it from a standpoint to say later down the road, you know, maybe we can finance that through other market things like selling calls when we have a better idea of what the top may actually be. But I, I do look at it to say, don't let this opportunity uh, pass you by. There, there's just, you know, we've never seen prices like this um, at this time of year. And at the same point in time, I don't want to say that there's not more upside. So use your uh, use the tools that are at hand. And I think dairy producers have some really unique tools and they have some very unique brokers to work with that can help them through that process. Um, and yes, Cody, I just called you unique. Hey, the first GDT podcast and I got a compliment. I will take it. <laughs> take it however you want. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, John, as always, we appreciate your insights. Uh, that's going to do it for the first GDT podcast of 2022. We'll be back in about two weeks um, to kind of see how things have been shaking out. But until then, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, anything you'd like talked about on the next podcast, please shoot it over to either myself or Mr. Spanauer. Uh, we will look at it, decipher it, and, uh, and put it into the next episode. But until then, John, you have a good one. And uh, hopefully we'll see you in person real soon, bud. Thank you, Cody. All right, guys. See ya.